0: Hello, and welcome back for another episode of Celebrating 60-something. I really appreciate you listening. Thank you for that. To make it easier for you to listen, we can now be found on Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio is kind of having a couple of issues, but hopefully we'll get that fixed soon. You can also hear it on Celebrating60something.com. So thanks for listening today. I appreciate it. Also, I want to give a little shout out for the Christmas stories. Thank you for sending in the Christmas stories. If you haven't and you would like to, it's not too late. Just send us your favorite Christmas story, a Christmas situation, or story that happened to you at some time in your life that you'd like to share, or maybe just a classic story that's your favorite, whatever, and go ahead and send them to celebrating 60 something. 60 is S I X T Y at gmail.com. Maybe we'll put them on the podcast or on the blog. So, Thank you. Okay, to dive right into what I wanted to talk about today, I just need to begin by saying that I am afraid that winter is here. I am not a fan of snow and ice and cold, but I am a fan of cozying up to a warm fire with a blanket and a good book. I love that. There's something about being warm and cozy inside when it's cold outside that makes me feel peaceful and blessed and contemplative. I feel blessed because I am warm and I am cozy. I do have a home and a roof over my head. I have all the things that I need. Contemplative, it makes me think of memories to be in that situation. I'm not sure why. Makes me think of days gone by. But that's the only part of winter that I really like. So much about winter I don't like. I can take it in small doses, like an afternoon of skiing or sledding with my grandkids. Maybe bundling up and going for a walk in the park with my husband. Those are all things I like. But in all honesty, I love spring and summer. I am not a winter person. So on mornings like it is here today, a little on the chilly side, I like to begin with a cup of Creo Brew. Now, this is not a commercial for Creo Brew. It's spelled C-R-I-U, new word, B-R-U. And it's ground up cacao beans. So just like coffee is ground up coffee beans, well, this is ground up chocolate beans unadulterated pure chocolate at its core and it's so good it brews just like coffee and is smooth and delicious and well maybe not your first sip because your taste buds don't really know what to expect but as soon as you put in a little creamer maybe add some sugar honey or I like to use monk fruit it just tastes so good and there's zero calories depending on what sweetener you use zero calories and it's good for you It's actually good for you. You know how you hear all the time that dark chocolate is good for you? Well, this is the pure base of dark chocolate. So it's really good. And the caffeine that it has, which is a tiny, tiny amount compared to coffee, is natural caffeine. So basically and all around, it's really good. Anyways, not that I wanted to do a commercial. I'm just saying that I really like Creole Brew and I like to sip on it as I start my day. At the end of my morning routine is when I go through my to-do list and the appointments are things that I have scheduled for that day. And as I drink my Creole brew, I go over it and hopefully I have something on my list that I'm looking forward to do, like lunch with some friends or spending time with someone or having a, a podcast guest. Hopefully that's going to change soon because of COVID. I haven't been able to invite as many people to my home to record a podcast as I would like. But I look forward to spending time with people in the day. I draw energy from other people and I believe that people need other people in their lives. And I'm a real people person. Well, especially in the winter months, we don't always schedule something to do with other people. We're kind of hunkered down in our houses. We're working from home or maybe no longer working at this stage of the game. Some of our families live far away or we live in a rural or isolated area. Many of us are single or disabled, or we just don't see a lot of people in our lives for whatever reason during the winter time. So there's a chance that you have felt at one time or another lonely. And that's what I'd like to talk about today is loneliness. Scout, who is 62 years old, wrote in the Loneliness Project, which we're going to talk about in just a minute, Christmas guts me every year. I already accept there will not even be a phone call for me. <sighs> That just makes me so sad coming from somebody who's around my age to know that they're totally alone and that they're not expecting anything from anyone at Christmas time. Loneliness isn't reserved for people who are 60-something, but it does seem to affect them more than most. Although I am 60-something now, I can remember a time in my life when I was very lonely. Just like Scout said, it was Christmas and I was only 20 years old. Way back then, do I dare even say... In the early 70s, I was working for a major airline as a flight attendant out of Chicago. It was my first experience of moving away and being on my own because I had previously even attended college in my hometown. It was December and snowy and cold and Christmas was coming, and this was going to be my very first Christmas away from my family. Now, I was working as an extra that month, which meant that I did not work with the same people all month long. I flew with one crew here, and I got off the plane, and I flew with a different crew there. So it was very lonely. I met people for a few short hours, and then I was off again. And maybe there was a chance I would fly with them again, but most likely not. And so it had been a very lonely month already. Well, then it was Christmas Eve, and it was my last flight of the night, and it was to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I would be staying overnight there and flying back to Chicago on Christmas morning. The crew I was flying with was more senior than I was, so they had all picked up the trip as an extra so that they could be home with their extended families for Christmas because home for them was Milwaukee. So I was totally alone. I went up to my room on the second floor, and I cried on the bed for a while and felt sorry for myself. I called home to talk to my parents and family, And then I watched out my second story window while the Salvation Army Band played on the street corner below while the snow fell. Have you got a visual there? Because it was really pathetic. Wow, I'm even making myself sad now and it's been 45 years since that happened. Anyone can feel lonely, like I did in Milwaukee, but the circumstances for many people who are 60-something are sometimes a perfect petri dish for cultivating loneliness. The trick is not to let it take over your life. We all enjoy our alone time, our solitude, and our own space. There are many times when I just need to disconnect from everyone and everything and spend some time in my own head. I love to just get in my car, turn on some classic music, drive down the highway, and just sing to the top of my lungs. I love that time alone, and everybody needs it now and again. But shortly after some alone time, I'm ready to be back in the swing of things. But being alone and loneliness are not the same thing. Loneliness is unpleasant. It can bring about feelings of sadness. It's hard to focus when you're lonely and it causes depression and unhappiness. It boils down to this. Like I've said a million times, people need people. There was a project done by a woman named Marissa Corda from Toronto, Canada, about two years ago. This is the project I referred to earlier in the podcast. It was called the Loneliness Project. Check it out online. It's really quite revealing and sad and human. In this project, she asked for stories about loneliness and was flooded with submissions from people all around the world. She said the storytellers will likely never meet, but in discussing their loneliness, these individuals have become part of an online community of people who are not as alone as they think they are, the implication being that there are a lot of lonely people out there. One line from a submission reads, Loneliness is the feeling you get when you realize you do like other people. Just as I said, people need other people. We all need to have relationships where we can give and take, comfort and be comforted, laugh and be ourselves, and know that someone understands us. So in truth, we can be surrounded by family and friends, but if those relationships are superficial, we can still feel lonely. The people who are the happiest are those who have intimate, meaningful relationships with others, and those who don't often feel lonely. And I think about the people that I know who seem to be lonely and they don't have warm, meaningful relationships in their lives. More than anything, said an anonymous older person, loneliness for me is about feeling alone in a crowd, a certain kind of sadness with not finding my tribe, an inability to relate to the popular values presented in mainstream media in North America, not being able to find a place of comfort and safety outside of my own home a disappointment and disconnect with the mainstream ways of the world. That's a hard way to be when you're in a crowd with a lot of people or just out in the world. To feel like you don't belong, that you're disconnected, that you don't relate to others, that would be really, really hard. According to Social Pro, in a summarization of statistics and data from several major surveys on loneliness and isolation in America done between 2016 and 2020, It was found that there is a 45% increased risk of mortality in seniors who are lonely. There's a 29% increased risk of heart disease and a 32% increased risk of stroke in individuals with poor social relationships. Think about that. Your chances of having a stroke are increased by a third just by being lonely. 44% of baby boomers say they are often or always feel lonely. And 16% of baby boomers have no close friends. I find this so sad. I just really find it depressing that people our age are in a situation where they have no close friends. It's especially sad to go on when this report says that people with a high degree of loneliness are twice as likely to develop Alzheimer's as people with a low degree of loneliness. Loneliness and isolation have effects on health similar to being obese an alcoholic, or smoking 15 cigarettes per day. And loneliness is more harmful than not exercising. Now we're told all the time as people in our 60s how important it is to exercise, to not smoke, to be careful with alcohol, and do all these things, but yet being lonely has an effect as if we're doing all of them. My new friends and my old friends, if you're listening, there are things we can do to battle loneliness. There are steps we can take to change the way we feel, and many are just plain old common sense. Well, this first one I wouldn't consider common sense. It's get better or more sleep. If you're not sleeping well, you get tired and sleepy and maybe even a little grouchy in the day. If you take long naps, you're missing out on prime time to be out and doing something else where you meet people. And other people are not drawn to grouchy people. And not surprisingly, grouchy people are less accepting of others. Get your rest so you can be at your best and be out there and enjoying life. You know, the grouchy people I know in life really aren't social people. They're just kind of bah humbuggers and they like to spend time by themselves. You've got to do your part. Chances are slim that someone is going to come and knock on your door and ask to be your friend. You need to go where friendly people are so you can meet them. Try the Senior Citizen Center if that's your thing, an exercise class, the rec center of your apartment complex, Find out what's going on around you. Join a book club. Go for a walk in the park or the high school track or the mall. Take an art or photography or writing class at your community college. Go to church. There are a million things that you can do to just get out there and be among people. I know it's hard, especially in the beginning when you haven't been out among people much, to make that first step, but it will make a difference and it will change your life. Check online for groups that interest you, then join a social networking site for seniors. Not all sites are dating sites, and there is one that's bound to be something you enjoy chatting about. So for instance, if you like to hike, get online and find a hiking chat group where you can talk to other people about something that you enjoy. They even have sites that are specific for seniors, so see what you can find. Make sure to use social media, Zoom, FaceTime, Marco Polo, and other things to stay in touch with loved ones who may not be as close as you would like. This is a wonderful blessing in my life. I think it's just a great time to be alive when technology can bring us together with the click of a mouse or just placing a phone call. I love that I can see my grandkids every single day, that I don't have to be sad that they live so far away because I can be in contact with them and find out what's going on. Be a kind and caring person. Take the initiative to speak to people. Strike up a conversation with the clerk at the grocery store, the gal who makes your coffee in the morning on the way to work, someone on the bus, the Amazon delivery person. Invite a neighbor over. Participate in activities. Practice remembering people's names and use their name when you see them. Nothing feels as inviting as someone using your name. It lets you know that somebody remembers you enough to remember who you are. We've said this a million times, but I'll say it again volunteer. There are so many opportunities to volunteer and your help would be greatly appreciated. Not only does it help the people that you're volunteering for or the organization, but it helps you to get out there and to meet people and to have a sense of accomplishment. Volunteer at your public library, your local schools, food pantries, homeless shelters, art museums, political campaigns, fundraisers, animal rescue shelters, national parks, and so many more places. Forgive and ask for forgiveness. Now, this may seem silly when I'm talking about loneliness, but truly it's an important part. If you have hurt someone, if you're estranged from a family member, if you and someone else are not speaking to each other, you be the first to contact them and ask for forgiveness. Even if someone needs to ask forgiveness from you, you can still be the first to extend a hand and let them know that all is forgiven and that you would like to mend fences. In life... Feelings get hurt, hurtful things are said, and lines are drawn in the sand, but it doesn't need to be that way. No one thinks of someone who asks for forgiveness as weak. It's just the opposite. It takes the bigger person to set things right, even if they were right to begin with. Who cares? Carrying a grudge is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die, as we've heard so many times, but it's absolutely true. You are the one who suffers the consequences. So make today the day you right a wrong, correct an error, and forgive and seek forgiveness, and watch that sad and lonely feeling disappear. I promise that you are going to feel better. And if you are saying yes to things, you won't be lonely. Say yes if people invite you to be part of a group or part of a committee. Say yes, volunteer, raise your hand, open up and smile, walk with your head up, acknowledge people as you pass them by. No, that's not going to make you friends, but it is going to make you more approachable. And you're going to be able to actually speak to other people when you have that confident air about you. It makes you feel better. And finally, be observant. Look around you. We're heading into that time of year when people are staying inside more, feeling a little depressed and sad and lonely. And we haven't even talked about COVID and how that has affected our lives and affected people and made so many people feel alone. Find someone who is more lonely, sad, hurting, or broken than you are and do something kind for them or just make the effort to talk to them. I firmly believe that we are put on the earth to bless the lives of each other. It isn't all about me, me, me. And when we think of others first, our own lives are blessed tenfold. I promise that is true. The feeling you get inside when you lift someone else cannot be overstated. Even if it's something as simple as a smile or a kind word, you never know how a simple thing can change someone else's day. Remember the story I told you earlier about being alone in Milwaukee on Christmas Eve? Well, let me tell you the rest of the story. Now I'm sounding like Walter Cronkite. One of the flight attendants who traveled with me and was spending Christmas Eve with her boyfriend and family stopped by my room before she left. She had stopped at a store shortly before they all closed for the night and bought me a box of gingerbread cookies and a beautiful bracelet. She also invited me to dinner with she and her boyfriend. However, I declined knowing that he had not anticipated a third wheel at their celebration. But my spirits were lifted greatly as I thought of the kindness that had been shown to me by someone who I had only met that day and who had reminded me of the true spirit of the Christmas season. As we head into this Christmas season and these winter months, commit that you are not going to feel lonely. You are going to do whatever you need to do to get out and be involved. Don't let your thoughts go there. Choose to do something different than you've done in the past. But better yet, be the blessing in someone else's lonely life and see how your own life is improved. Well, that's it. That's all for today. I appreciate you checking in and listening. And I hope you will join us next time on Celebrating 60-something. Now go have an absolutely glorious day. Bye.